Robert A. Wall, the voice of the jungle, broadcasting on the DVC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. Hello and welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 140 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Trevor and Damon. How's it going, guys? Uh, pretty good. How we are missed you? you we missed you last week, Trevor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry about that. But yeah, oh. just had some stuff come up, but it's all good now. Yeah. No apologies necessary. I think that might be... Is that the first episode you've ever missed? Um, not... Well... No, I've I've missed other episodes. Um, I mean, mainly been a while, he though. took like a yeah. yeah, he took a hiatus. Are you talking about outside the hiatus? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, outside of yeah, that's l- right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, last year I took a bit of a break too. So yeah, it's not the first time. But you're yeah. you're right. It's not very often that I miss episodes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I I totally forgot that you were gone for a little while last year. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Yeah. Well, that's, that shows you how many shows we've done. I just kind of forget these things. <laughs> so. Um. So what I mean, how's how are you guys doing? How's everything going? We we doing well? Yeah, um, yeah. Can't complain. I think uh, I think you know we should probably get into it because there's actually a lot to talk there's about a lot this to week. Talk about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I I will say one of the things I've been really enjoying uh, so far is the as our Discord server with uh, with Patreon. I think that's been a lot of fun. And uh, I know you did like a pre-show today, which was kind of cool, <laughs> but nobody came. I don't think, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, to be fair, I I should have given some more warning on it, and I also yeah. get that you know people have plans and they can't make it. But yeah. um, I, I think you know it's fair to say, and I said this on Discord, is that you know we want to start using it more, and there will be opportunities outside of you know a pre-show talk other times during the week that. Uh, you know, at least myself, you know, we'll, we'll get on there and we can chat in the lounge. So, yeah. um, you know, if you guys are wondering, you know, why to use Discord, it's an opportunity to talk with us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I liked that you just kind of hopped on the voice channel and just opened all that up and, and talked. I, I, I had planned on joining, too, but unfortunately, I, I wasn't able to. But, um, you know, there's a lot of fun things we're going to do, I think, with the Discord as the as the Patreon group gets bigger within the Discord. I, I think there's a lot of a lot of fun things we can do in discord yep, so exactly yep uh so but you know that being said i do want to you know we, we talked a lot about our patreon last week uh for those that haven't seen it it's it's uh patreon.com slash welcome home pod i do want to give a shout out to our 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 first let's say our, our inaugural group of <laughs> patreon uh supporters our patrons um, so I'll just read these really quick and I, I, I thank you guys so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. We've been, uh, pretty, I don't want to say overwhelmed with the support, but we've been, you know, it's been a really great thing to, to get this kind of support. We really appreciate it. Uh, so, uh, Andrew D we got Dan H we got Julia D Blake L Bernice, uh, W Kevin L Becky W. Uh, that's our friend Becky <laughs> and Jeremy, of course. Everyone knows Jeremy. Uh, Carrie S, Amanda N, Chris W, and then just Michelle. I don't have a last initial for Michelle, so we got just Michelle. But so thank you guys uh, for being our first group of patrons. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, it's it's been um, it's been great to have you guys, and we're going to do a lot more fun things with the Patreon as we go here. Um, but you know, as as I mentioned too, I, you know, we as soon as I'm done writing the show notes, which I was doing at like eleven o'clock last night, uh, <laughs> I post them out there for, and I know some people read them before we even record, so you get a cool little preview of what we're going to talk about. So, 
So anyway, we got very few listener questions this week because there's a lot of stuff to talk about, like you mentioned. It's a very, very busy week of news. And uh, I, I actually thought for a, mo- for a second it might be kind of funny if we just di- did the whole episode and didn't talk about the, the genie news at all, just like pretended like it didn't happen. Oh. <laughs> and, there's, and just have people just like be like, wait a second, did they not know that happened? <laughs> like, it'd just be funny. But um, obviously we're going to talk about that, but not towards... We're going to have that towards the end of the show. So, um, but we, we could start off here with a couple of listener questions. So Dan wants to know with Boma coming back, are any of you interested in a Disney buffet at this point? What would it take for you to be comfortable with a, a buffet dining experience? I love a good buffet. I give me a good breakfast buffet anytime. I'm, I'm always in for a breakfast buffet. Um, yeah, I, I agree. But, um, like to Dan's point, what would it take for me to be comfortable right now with it? Um, I don't think there's, anything that would make me comfortable with it right now. Like I, I, I just feel that, um, you know, with, with the fact that there's still, you know, like mass restrictions and kind of that looming thing in the background right now with the pandemic. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah. It, 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 yeah it's, it makes it hard to, and, and not to say that, you know, D- Disney does a really good job of, you know, trying to keep things, um, safe for everybody, but I, I just worry that, you know, going to a buffet right now is like, there, there's just, you know, people are touching plates there. There's a lot of contact points and I think I'm just hypersensitive to it at the moment. So, um, maybe the answer is I, I probably need a, maybe about another six months to a year before that's what it'll take for me to be comfortable (laughs) with, uh, going to a buffet at this point. I agree with Trevor. I get you. Yeah. I, I, I understand what you guys are saying. I, I, I just, I kind of miss buffets. I, I love, a, I love buffets. Oh, me, <laughs> me too. I, you know, I, I love Crystal Palace. Like I, I, yeah. I think that's great. And I would love to go back there. But if I was in the park today, I would not take that opportunity. Yeah. No, that, that, uh, that's understood. Understood. Do you want to read? By the way, this next question was not in our questions thread. I just I pulled it out of the group because <laughs> I thought it was an interesting question. Okay, so uh, so Dina says, "Do you think Top of the World Lounge will ever reopen?" Mm. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I don't see why they wouldn't reopen it, but again, I I think this is a matter of you know them getting to a point where they can staff it, just like anything else, right? Yeah. You know, it's. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to open it and have it sit empty is I, I, I also, guess. yeah. Yeah. I think it will reopen, but I think it's probably going to be like one of the last things to reopen. Right. Like I, because I, I already, you know, and, and I don't know this for a fact, I've just, this is what I've read over the years is that, uh, top of the world is kind of self-sustaining. I believe that they, uh, they, they, it basically pays for itself with the money it makes from people spending money there. Right. So with, the crowds not being what they need to be, it doesn't necessarily make sense for them to open it back up. Uh, I, I mean, I do think that's going to open back up at some point, though. Like, I don't think they're just going to let a lounge like that just sit completely empty forever. I just, I, I just don't think that. So we'll, we'll have to see. But um, I do think it will open. I just don't know when. That you bring up an interesting point, though. I was just thinking about what when you said you know it's self sustaining. I, I realized, you know, yeah. even if if they opened it at like twenty five percent capacity, like other things. I guess it would probably be operating losing money. Yeah. yeah, it would be running in the red because it wouldn't be able to recoup costs. So maybe it makes more sense just to leave it closed yeah. because then there's no operation costs until 
Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's 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 what I think the problem is right now. I, I think they they need a, they need to be at full capacity basically to to make that place make financial sense. So, yeah, that's what I've read. Now, I don't know that for a fact, right? Like I don't I don't yeah. know, you know, but that's everything I've read about it and that's part of why Top of the World's also available to uh to um uh, what wait what is the other color card why am i it's blue card and what's the other one it's white card white card yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's why it's available to non-blue card members because it's 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 something that's available outside of that so it's and it's like i said it's like not i don't think it's paid for by the dues of bay lake tower i believe it just kind of pays for itself so that's that's what i've heard if i'm wrong somebody can tell me i'm wrong but that's what i've always heard so yeah, so I, I don't know. Like I said, Dina, I think it will reopen eventually, but we'll we'll kind of have to see. I mean, it's hard to know, you know, because some of this stuff. It, it, and I didn't put this on our rundown, but I, I did see a news article out there uh, that um that um the um uh, the princess uh, dining place at uh at, at Norway, and I'm forgetting its name right now. Acres uh, House, Kershus. Yeah, I, is that how you say it correctly? I believe so. That was All how right, well, I heard a cast member pronounce it once. So wow, okay. You said it you said it the the right way then. That's great. <laughs> like I've always said it incorrectly, but I, I read somewhere that 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 has been turned into a corporate lounge right now, and I don't know if that's permanent or not. Who knows? So, which that, is kind of weird because it's so seems, visible. Yeah, that seems yeah. wrong. It does. It does. It feels wrong, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, I, hopefully, I, it's I, just temporary. But yeah, I, I don't like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> it it, it's too- not that I'm like wanting to go there, but it just. Something like that becoming a corporate lounge, just, uh, I don't like it. I think it just feels too visible, right? Like, yeah. it's, you walk right by it. Like, the lounges should be, like, hidden, I feel like. But, anyway. So, Jeremy is a gold button Patreon supporter. He wants to know if we're going to send him a golden birthday button so he can wear it in the parks. Bonus points if it's sparkly gold and has the new WHP logo on it. I feel like this is a Damon question. <laughs> Damon, are you making I mean, a gold birthday button? <laughs> hey, listen, as long, as long as Tom is willing to open up the purse strings, I will uh, put together something along those lines. That's not a problem at all. Well, you know, wh- wh- while we're here talking about such things, though, I mean, it might be something that maybe we end up giving away for the holidays. I, I think, I think I have Tom's approval here to, yeah. uh, you know, say that we're going to do some really nice things for the holiday. And yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm telling you guys right now, like, figure out that code in the episode uh, questions that shows up every week, and you can automatically win. And then we're going to pick, you know, random winners outside of that. But we have some really good ideas. I think maybe the golden birthday button maybe something like that. But I don't know how many of those I'm giving away. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I might have one for myself, but <laughs> giving them away, yeah. Well, there'll the, be there'll be a very limited run. Let's say that. The, Here's the, the question, though. Is, go ahead, go ahead, Trevor. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was going to ask. So, so this is a question to Jeremy: Is that are you going to abide by the rules of the Golden Birthday? That's what party? I was just going to say. Are you only yeah. allowed to I wear it on your birthday? People. I don't trust people. I don't trust people, so I don't know about that. I just you, you got to sign a contract with Damon saying you'll only wear it on your birthday. <laughs> yeah, I and, almost think like it's one of those things where you you get it sent, it gets overnighted to the you know Disney parks, and then it comes with a prepackaged overnight envelope, <laughs> and you have to send it back the next day. Otherwise, you'll never receive it again. 
<laughs> that's pretty funny. I, that that's going to work exactly like the Sporks in Galaxy's Edge. Yep. Yeah, the, yeah, we'll just never see them. Never come coming back. back. <laughs> never coming back. Yeah. Uh, I, I I was just thinking like Golden Birthday Bunny, but Bunny <laughs> Golden Birthday Button is one of the oldest jokes I think we have on the show. Like that's from really early days. Let's. Maybe in the teens, I think of episodes. I feel like, right? Yeah, like we. This has been around for a long time. I, I've always felt that way, though. So I mean, yeah, it probably came out pretty early in the run because, again, I would say that pre podcast, I, I felt that way. Yeah, yeah. So for those that don't know, go go and listen back. But Damon feels that you shouldn't wear a happy birthday button at the parks unless it's your actual birthday, and if it is your actual birthday, that you should have a golden birthday button. That's a special birthday button, right? Right, Damon? Am I, am I summing that up correctly? <laughs> well, I, I don't think there should be any buttons except on your day. And unfortunately, to combat that, we've had to come up with the golden birthday button because people like Tom will go on an anniversary trip and wear it five weeks after their anniversary. So <laughs> this would what? be... no. <laughs> oh, you definitely you, you. He's on tape as saying that he definitely wore some buttons outside of their window. For sure. Yeah, maybe, maybe like, yeah. I don't know if it was five weeks. Well, that. no, that might be an exaggeration, <laughs> but it's definitely was not the vacation week. Let's put it that way. So maybe, yeah. th- these, these golden buttons are to um, make sure that you're abiding by the actual rules of the button. Fair enough. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to, part of why we're, you know, I know we keep mentioning the Patreon, but part of what the point of the Patreon is, is to do stuff like this, right? To to, yeah. to do stuff, more things like this that we can give away at different times. So listen, it, I will say the golden birthday button tier on Patreon does not come with this as a benefit, but it might be a giveaway not. that we do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it will be a giveaway. And I almost think that these might be, you know, this might not be just a button place. Like this may be something that we go out and have to get somebody to do with like real gold foil. Like, like, stay tuned. If I'm going to do it, you know, it's it's going to be done right. And there may only be one, right? There, may, Well, of course, we'll be able to have ours should we want them. But outside of that, there may only be one listener that gets one of these things. Well, depending on how nice you decide to make it. <laughs> I think I'm going to make it nice enough that it right, really may only be one. Like, there may be an essay that comes along this uh, with this. Oh think, think college application. <laughs> wow. I was going the other way and thinking this was going to turn into Highlander. Where you can know, only be one. people are people are chasing each other down to get the button, and you know there can only be one, right? What what if if, <laughs> if the button is at Disney, and you can be checked, like you can just be straight up checked by somebody else? Oh, like whoa, wait, so- hold on a second, let me okay. see your license. Is your birthday? Yeah, let me see your license. And if see, you can't, if you can't prove your day, then you, you have to hand it over to that person. Like I, I could get on board with that. See, I thought you were going to say that it was going to be like whoever we give it to, if they wear it in the park, and another listener sees them wearing it, they can go up and then they have to trade it to them. Like they have to give no, no, it to them. No, no, not trade it to them. But if but, they're, they're if they're caught slipping, like they they can, they have to give it up. Yeah, if, if if they call them out and it's not their birthday, yeah, then no. they have to give up the button. Yeah, yeah that's, I could see that. I like that. That's a, that's a fun but, idea. So yeah, I, just, I, I think I think that we're going down the path of already in my head. So don't don't expect there to be hundreds of golden birthday buttons. This is not how this is going to work. There's going to be one really really awesome <laughs> birthday button. What if we What if we did golden birthday button pins? Like the, the I mean that's fine. Pins. I don't really yeah. care about them. There's going to be one golden birthday button now. There'll be one. Well, there'll be two, really, because, again, I'm definitely having one. There could be up to as many as four, should Tom and Trevor want one. But outside of that, mm-mm. Now, this thing's going to be gold, like real gold leaf, you know, foil sort of thing. So 
I think we're going to need pa- more Patreon supporters before we we we, we might <laughs> we might. <laughs> but but I wouldn't be adverse to a golden birthday button logo on a shirt. That that may be what the masses receive at this point. Yeah, I mean that's something we've talked about. I I think a pin might be fun too. Um, pin might just, be fun, but it, you know the pin is going to hold no weight in my book. Just to keep that in mind, everybody. <laughs> I mean, we just have to figure out what to write on it because you can't just have like a you know gold circle and that be it. You know, like you got to have more than that. I mean, to be secret society, it could it could have a pyramid with an eyeball in it. Like we don't know, could be Bill. <laughs> yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. All right. Let's, I think that's enough golden birthday button talk. <laughs> uh, Trevor, you want to read this last yeah. question? Yeah. So, so uh, Kitty Girl via Discord says, uh, what's the most expensive thing slash souvenir you've bought at Disney? Uh, not DVC uh, or tickets to the park. Can, can I say how much I enjoy that? We already answered this, though. What? Did we not, answer not, this? Not only yeah, did we already answer, say, we already th- answer it on the show. Yeah, I think, I think we yeah, had this question a couple of months ago. We did. did we? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have better Tom memories forgot. than I do of this stuff. Yeah, yeah I forget these things. Okay, well, yeah, yeah, because I don't, I don't even remember what the answer to this question is. Well, <laughs> well, my my answer was and still is. Um, I bought one of the Polynesian lamps, which um, that oh ran, yeah, yeah 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 that ran upwards of uh, about three hundred dollars, and then I had to have it shipped back home. So it was it was pretty expensive, but worth it. Yeah, artwork. Yeah, yeah artwork. Um, gosh, I don't even know. I mean, does like. Uh, does like a tour count? Does like the fireworks no. cruise that we well, did? It's said tickets. No. So so yeah, tickets and stuff. It, events wouldn't count. So it has no. to be a souvenir or something that you bring. Oh, you know what? Now I remember this question because I think my answer was my wife got an Alex and Ani bracelet that was uh was at the parks. I think that was well a couple hundred bucks. So okay, yeah, I guess we did answer this question. All right, All sorry right. guys, sorry we're answering <laughs> duplicate questions. You know. Just trying to give a shout out to Kitty Girl from Discord. <laughs> yeah, I just like right. the Discord where using screen names as names and you know saying that. So anyway, yeah, which, which I, I did mention in the Discord, you can change your name on the server to match your actual name, and it doesn't change it for anywhere else in Discord. So you know, if you want us to know who you are, like from from the Facebook group to Discord, you know, you might want to change your name. Otherwise, we're going to use your Discord name, which may not make sense to everybody. i like kid a girl though that's fun um (laughs) all right so some little dvc news here and i know you were excited about this trevor uh i I literally Mm -hmm. sent this to you because i knew you were going to be excited about it so we've got fold away beds are coming to polynesian villas and bungalows and uh and the villas at disney's grand floridian so those uh beds that fold up into the wall are are being installed there uh now and uh I, it looks like, you know, this is going to be a new trend. I, I think this is a great thing. I mean, having, I don't think I've, I'm trying to think if I've ever slept on one of the, one of the pullout couches, the regular ones. I don't think I have. I've had guests sleep on them though, and they're, they're not the most comfortable in the world, but the ones that go up into the wall are like a real mattress and you don't have like a bar sticking in your back and it's a lot more comfortable, I think. Yeah. So, so for me, yeah, I was excited about it because, like right right now my son uses the fold down bed that is underneath the TV and that works you know as he's been growing up that's been fine but i know it's going to hit a point where he's going to want a full size bed and we've we've done other trips where he's slept on you know couch fold out beds and you know he's young he he can put up with it but i know as he gets older it would be nice to have something a little nicer for him to to sleep on and you know same thing like if if we have guests come or whatever same thing right so 
Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that's good. And I, I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to look when everything's done. And, um, you know, for, for anyone that, I don't know if anyone would have liked those couches in the Polynesian, but it was like these red, um, yeah, I, I mean, they looked very 60s, like like they kind of fit the theme of the Polynesian. But I was going to say, like they, the rest of the Polynesian. <laughs> but but they weren't yeah. good. Like, like it, yeah. it, it, it looked like it, the couch looked like it came from the 60s, not that it was inspired by the 60s. <laughs> gotcha, yeah. Like it yeah. was still there from the 60s. Yeah, like they, they just left furniture in for like 30 years. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm glad to see those go away. <laughs> Yeah, a couple of weeks ago when we had to record early, I, I had gone away for the weekend. I taken, I went on a fishing trip, and uh, when I when I we'd stayed at this place that was like part of the fishing place we were at, and uh, there was everything in this place that we were staying in uh, was from the eighties, and it was still from the eight. Like it was not like eighties; it was put there yeah. in the eighties, and it was still there. You know, <laughs> so yeah. So, and I, I only know that because I saw like in the concrete outside, somebody wrote 81 on there and I'm like, okay, so the, all that stuff got here in 81 and stayed here. <laughs> Never left. I was half expecting to see like the, uh, the plastic on the, uh, on the couches, like my grandmother used to do, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so anyway, uh, no, but I, I think this is a good development and I, I don't know, like, I don't know, Damon, if your kids, how your kids usually sleep. I mean, do they, do they sleep on the pullout when they, when you guys go? Is that a thing that affects you? No, it doesn't affect us. Okay. Well, where do they usually sleep then? Because don't they... On the pullout. That's what I just said. You, does they right. usually sleep on the pullout, so this I is... I said, yeah, I said it doesn't but affect his, us, though. I don't care, care either way. <laughs> you don't care either way? Your kid, no, I'm they don't care either way. They don't care. Okay. Well, hopefully more comfortable for them, right? Uh, so, uh, back to our Fab 50 watch. We got a couple more to announce. Uh, we got Abu, uh, which I think we... Uh, Saul was coming, right? Uh, I think that was on that 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 supposed list. Um, then we got um, Gus and what? What is that? Jock. Jock. Yeah. Doesn't Jock usually have a U in it? Okay. Well, all right. Minnie Mouse. Uh, which? Why did they take so long to officially announce Minnie Mouse? I do not know. Uh, and then we got Pinocchio, and then we got Nemo and Dory. So well. So to answer the Minnie Mouse thing, if if they announced all the main ones up front everyone would have stopped listening after like the second announcement it's a fair point so fair point. yeah i i can see why they spread them out honestly th- this is the least contentious list i've seen so far this is the least contentious group we have I, you feel like all of these belong on there yeah i do actually okay. Yeah. i'm okay with these yeah i mean I, I don't have an issue with any of these i do i am starting to wonder though if we're gonna have like a single human being on any of these like i have we had any human beings well, yeah. what? Who, who would you want? Well, you would think Aladdin would be with Abu, right? Like, or the princesses, or you know. Okay, yeah, fair. I mean, if they're just keeping humans out, like maybe that explains why we didn't see any of the princesses on the list. Like, maybe they're just only doing characters like that are non-human, or yeah, <laughs> animal slash object cartoon characters. Kind of seems like what they're doing, right? Yeah. Then again, Edna Mode's a human, right? So that's the only one I can think of, though, that's been uh, officially announced. Oh, that's a was person. The, sorry, was the guy f- from, what's his name, from Seoul? I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, okay, there you go. I You're right. So maybe they're not doing that. I'm try- I was trying to remember if they had any or not, but I guess there's just been, been a couple. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the logic behind this is just escaping a lot of us. Like, <laughs> like, what are they trying to do here? Well, well they, they say Fab Fifty, and then it's like half of them are like 
Yeah. Okay. (laughs) But I guess, you know, everyone has a different top 50, right? (laughs) I'm sure they have a reasoning for doing these things. Like, but I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know who decided all this. You know what I mean? Like I just, I'm just, it's kind of odd. So yeah. All right. Well, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep our fab 50 watch up for the rest here. I'm sure. I don't even know how many we've gone through yet. I mean, I feel like it's been about five a week, right? Yeah. So I was going to say we're probably about halfway through right now. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's got to finish within the next month here. It's going to, it's going to finish before the first, right? So should, should know the whole yeah, list in a few but, weeks. Yeah. We've probably got another five or six weeks. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about the NBA experience news because we all cared so much about the NBA experience. Not th- it's it's not necessarily <laughs> that. It's more of I, I know, what do they I do know. with this space now? You right. know, with, and that was kind of my point is that you know I I think when this opened or, or so first of all let let me be upfront and say I definitely have rose colored glasses for Disney Quest. Because sure. I, I have a lot of fond memories there, and I thought it was a wonderful place. I know towards the end it was absolutely dated, and they couldn't keep it keep uh, maintaining it. So I understand why it closed. However, replacing it with the NBA experience was not the best choice, in my my opinion, because I, I feel that you know that was a very niche thing. That it was like who who is who is going to this that is both you know, a huge Disney fan and a huge NBA fan that they're going to feel that this place is going to be packed with all of those people. But the thing (laughs) is, is that you don't have to be a huge, huge Disney fan to go to Disney Springs. I I think that's what Disney Springs is becoming, right? You have the shopping, you have the experience. I I think the problem was the timing um, just in general with COVID. What was a problem for this? Because, you know, listen, the NBA is, is a huge, huge draw for the U.S., right? Especially just, you know, people in general. So I don't necessarily think it was a bad thing. I just think that it was it was poorly timed. I mean, the place in, where, where was it? Up at the ESPN Center when they had the, the basketball experience? I mean, it was kind of cool, and it seemed to be always pretty packed. Like I said, I, I think this is just a problem with the timing here is what kind of cost this, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, a lot of what this was is, is interaction, and yeah. you can't really have interaction anymore at this point at the same way you could previously. So, yeah, I, I just think it's the the timing here was a little tough. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand why they did it, right? Like Disney's, you know, ESPN has a close partnership with the NBA, right? And and I think the NBA audience in general skews younger than some of the other sports, so I I think that's what they were going for, uh, but. I also don't know, and I, I didn't go, but I remember reading about it and feeling like it was kind of like, even if you were really into the NBA, that it wasn't, I don't know. It didn't feel like it was that cool of an experience, like even if you were really into the NBA, you know what I mean? Yeah, and and that's that's kind of what I was getting at is it's like, so I know what you're saying, Damon, that, that Disney Springs is, is not just Disney per se, but... I feel that, you know, if you're getting as far as Disney Springs, like your intent is that you're already going to Disney and like, I get there's also, you know, local crowds and whatnot, but I I just don't feel that there was that intersection of, you know, you know, being at Disney Springs and also being like super hyped about 
something like the NBA experience to keep a venue that big open. And yeah, you're right. It, it kind of goes back to there's, you, you know, there has to be something interactive. There has to be something interesting about it. Not just, you know, oh, you know, it's just a large space with, you know, a bunch of NBA merchandise and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it was, it, it, you're right. It probably could have worked if we didn't have a pandemic hit, like, what was it? Seven months after it opened. Yeah. And I think it only lasted about seven months. Yeah. yeah. So, so it could have worked, but you know, again, for, for me personally, like I just, that was never something that I would have looked at or anyone that I know personally would have looked at. So I guess the only hope is, is that, you know, whatever Disney decides to do with the space that, you know, we, I'm not saying that, you know, it has to line up exactly with what I'm interested in, but I'm hoping to see, you know, them do something just as interesting with the space. Like, like, you know, Disney quest was, was definitely interesting. And I feel that there's a lot of other things, you know, when we get back to the point of, of being able to have, you know, something more interactive, I'm hoping that they'll make use of that. I think Dan hit it right on the head though, man. If you put indoor electronics sponsored by Tesla go-karting, that's a win, man. That sounds like fun. I'm, I'm in multiple floor go-karting. That would be cool. Could you imagine? Like have, have the track actually. Like Wait, what did he say? He down. said, Wait, um, I missed Wreck-It that. Ralph, I didn't right? even see that post. Yeah. yeah. I think it was a Sh- sugar time rush, right? You kind of do oh, that do, yeah. sort of theming. Uh, I you thought do. that was a great idea. One of, one of Dan's good ideas, maybe his best idea. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cause it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I would put that on par with a Damon idea. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I, I think I'd, I'd mentioned this to you in, in the, in our, uh, Facebook chat that, uh, you know, I, I think an escape room or something like that would be interesting. I'm just, I'm just not into that because like I said on the kind of the, the chat is that, you know, once it's done, how are you stopping yourself from finding out about it? Right? Like you just can't. So how often are they rotating through this, this room? There's too many people come through, right? To make it something you could do. Even if you had 20 different escape room plans, they're burned through immediately and you're going to hear about them. And then it's just not fun. And for them as a business, right? Let's just say it's you and you don't want to listen or hear or whatever, but that's not everybody. Right. Right. And that business is just not sustainable at such a large place with that many people and an audience that's that large. That that's the problem. I think it would be great. I would love it, but I don't think sustainable in an area. Are you saying escape rooms in general or just because no, no, it's a no, Disney I'm escape room? Because it's at Disney. Yeah, because Disney has so many groups and people. Yeah, like yeah would, and there's just too many yeah. people going through it. Like, I think an escape room in your town, right? Like, I mean, you, you, the percentage of audience, right? You're not jumping on your town's Facebook group, probably, right? And well, seeing the answers to the face, you know, to this yeah. escape room on your Facebook group. And I just think that while it would be phenomenal, I just, I don't know how they maintain it, right? And from a business standpoint, how do you maintain it? The void is a little different because, Right, it's an experience that it almost doesn't matter if you know the ending, but an escape room would be tough. Plus, you'd have people in there, you know, going through learning all the answers just so they could get the the, the quickest time. I mean, that might be good business for Disney, but <laughs> I don't necessarily know if that would be fun per se. Well, I, I don't know. I, I was going to say, I feel like it would be a very small percentage of the uh, of people that would like go and memorize an escape room. Are you room. kidding? Well, Dude, <laughs> come on, stop. Have you been on the internet lately? <laughs> I mean, I, well, yeah, but like, again, that's that's a vocal minority. Like I, I guess I've done I've done escape rooms with random people over the years and Of course. most people are are like you said, you know, they're just walking in blind 
And how many people go through that escape room, though, or that area a day? Think about Disney Springs and how many people are just there. Yeah. It's a, it's at a different time. level, man. Yeah. <laughs> and how many Disney groups there are. And I think the problem is it's just kind of like, you know, with a football game score, a sports game score, like even you, you want to avoid it so much, but you just can't, right? Like it's just, it's almost darn near impossible to avoid stuff like that. So I just don't know if it's repeat business either, right? That, that's the other thing. Void, I could do a few times as a repeat business. So, I don't know. I still think the go-kart idea would be absolutely phenomenal. I think that would be the best thing ever. Yeah, that would be... Is the building big enough for that? I'm just trying to even... Cause, oh, dude, if you're totally. doing like... Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if you're talking about electric, right? So now, which is great, because now I don't have to worry about fumes, which would obviously yeah, defeat yeah. the purpose. You can make it pretty small, right? You can make it Tokyo Drift style, right? Like, you could do whatever you wanted. I was going to say, have you guys ever done electric go-karts? I mean, those things... I've done gas only, unfortunately. Yeah, I've only done we, gas, yeah. We have a place in town here that does uh, electric, and yeah, you you can get the drifting going. They've, Fly. Yeah. they've got power, and the neat thing, too, is that they actually can throttle them, so, so they can control, you know, it, you can have different... Um, like if uh, you've got younger kids, you can actually throttle them down. So even if the kid is like flooring it, they won't hurt themselves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I actually know about this because I did go-karts a couple of years ago with my wife. And my wife does not like go-karts. And I la- ended up lapping her. And the person controlling it slowed my car down so she could catch up to me. And I was so mad. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But, um, yeah, but no, that, that would be cool. I, I like, it's funny you guys are talking about escape rooms because I, I literally, my wife and I did an escape room last night. Um, so, but I also noticed when we were in the lobby, there were people standing there that, uh, they were literally Googling what the answers were to their room. And I was like, that's just not fun. Like, really? why? I, Yes, I was shocked by that too, Trevor. That was the only time I've ever seen that. But there was some. I I heard one of them say to the other, like, "Oh, did you Google this place yet?" And the and, and I was like, "Wait, really? You guys are going to do that? Like, why would you do that? Like, that just takes all the fun out of it to me. Like, the whole point of the escape room is figuring out all the puzzles. You know, to, to me, that's like playing a video game, but watching somebody else play the game, so you don't have to. Like, yeah, that defeats takes all the purpose. fun out of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and these people were wearing like shirts of the, of like they would do they have like an escape room club like uh, they so like, so they're they're the competitive hardcore go get the best crowd. time without yeah. any hints yeah but that's but you're cheating though like uh, you know get the best time without any hints you you need to be doing that you know on your own and not cheating you know yeah but maybe some people just want the full experience right they want to get to the end and it's more about the experience than that yeah. so who knows. Right, because if I was in an escape room club where I was reviewing escape rooms, think about it. If I was reviewing well, yeah. escape rooms, I'd, I'd want to know all the answers because I want to get through all of it. Yeah, if you were reviewing them, yes. I didn't, I, I mean, I didn't even had... know that that was a thing that people did was review. Oh, I'm sure that, that's a thing. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so like that was you know that was that was fun. In fact, that was my wife and I do escape rooms a lot actually, and uh, I I do think a Disney themed one would be very cool. I think there would be some really cool stuff there. Um, but and they could do a lot of different rooms in that in that space, right? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I have a feeling though that this is going to be a. I'm trying to remember what they call it. Is it standing, not operating? Is that is that the term that they have? They, they have a term for stuff that they just let sit there. And I feel like this is just going to sit there for a while. Maybe they'll take some signage down or something on the outside, just so people aren't constantly knocking on the door. But. I yeah, don't know. it's just it, well, just like anything else, like you know, even like some of the the areas in Epcot that were left is, it, you know, it becomes very, um, 
it becomes very disappointing when you, you know, you walk into that area and there's like a large building that is just, you know, empty, yeah. right? Well, that's like the Cirque du Soleil building's been sitting there empty for a while now, although they're finally opening with the new show. So, yeah. So, but yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, or, or when we used to stare longingly at the ruins of, uh, of river country, just sitting over there, you know, you just, it, for the longest time, it was just sitting there and you could see it from the lake. If you went by, um, at least parts of it, not the whole thing, but, um, yeah, it's, it, it's just, it's weird that they do that kind of stuff. And, and I, I'm just kind of surprised it didn't last longer than seven months. I don't know what kind of money they spent on it. I don't know if the, if the NBA paid for it or, or what, but it just seems odd to have that whole building, that thing that they built, you know, and they just had it for seven months and it's gone. Like, well, and I think it's again with, with the timing of everything, you know, the, yeah. the pandemic, you know, hard shut everything down. And even now, I, I think kind of like how we were talking about, um, top of the world lounge is that they're probably at a point where they can't, they can't reopen it at the capacity that they want to open it at. So it would be operating at a loss. And I'm sure somebody's done some calculations on the back end and say, you know, it's just easier to cut it off now than, you know, to try and limp it along for years, hoping to recoup cost on it. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. Well, because I don't think it was doing particularly well before the pandemic. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if they were having that many people go to that place before the pandemic. I, I would be interested to see what our, what we said about this, like back when with this was opening. Go, go ahead. Yeah, I don't know. I was just gonna say, like, the, I think it's not a money thing. The NBA has more than enough money to facilitate whatever they want. Right? They could have kept that place open. Assuming they were paying for it. We don't know if they were paying for it. Yeah, we don't know. But if they were, I mean, I don't think that was necessarily the problem. And I'm I'm kind of surprised, to be honest with you, that they wouldn't have let it roll for at least another year or so. I, I don't know if something else was at play there as well. It does feel like there's got to be something else going on there, right? Like, it just feels weird that they just gave it seven months and then the pandemic happened and then they just were like, eh, we just give up on it. Like, because they built that place up from scratch. I mean, that's... That had to have cost a lot of money. I mean, it had to have. I, I don't know. I, I just it's it's such a strange situation to me. I, I just don't don't necessarily get why they would just cut their losses at this point and not try to try to make it work. Yeah, and, and especially considering because that they did um, they did a bunch of NBA games at Disney World, correct? They did. Yeah, they did yeah, the whole so. yeah all the playoffs and the the season and everything. Yeah. Yeah, so so you know there there is definitely still a partnership there. So it's not like and and they said this even this announcement, you know, that they're not Disney's not cutting ties with NBA. You know, they're going to continue to do stuff with them. But yeah, I I feel like it may have been, you know, they just looked at it and said, ah, you know, it's not worth the time to, you know, try and recover this thing after the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. It's yeah. just it's it's so interesting to me. I it's just an odd odd thing. Yeah. I just I just hope whatever comes of this is like like I said, the the thing that got me was, you know, you went from something like Disney Quest, which to me Disney Quest was a big reason to go to Disney Springs for for years. Like it was like, you know, you knew that Disney Springs was a lot of shopping and there was food and stuff, but then it was like, I think hey. that was Pleasure Island, man. I think. <laughs> well, okay. Not maybe, for me, but for most people, I think that's what it was. I mean, back in the 90s, yeah. But but Disney Quest was also 
like, you know, it, it, it was an attraction in and of itself. And then when it was replaced with the NBA experience, that, that felt a little underwhelming, I guess, or my, my take on it is, you know, I, I guess it didn't matter if it was the NBA experience. It could have been anything, but you know, there, there wasn't what they were trying to propose there didn't seem very interesting. And I think that was the biggest yeah. problem was that it, like, even though they were like, oh, you know, it's going to be all this NBA stuff. And it was like, okay, but what are you actually doing there? And, and is it something that I want to get on board with? So, yeah. Yeah. so I hope that, that, you know, whatever comes of this, that whether it's Disney or, you know, another partner or something like that, that, you know, it, it should, if you're going to have a space that big dedicated to something, there's sh- it should be interesting it shouldn't just be like a museum or something where you know you walk in the door and it's like hey it's another shop but it's you know five floors tall right yeah. like yeah well and i you know i i saw a bunch of people say in the facebook group that they should just turn it back into disney quest and i kind of feel like disney quest 2.0 is what they're doing at the wonders of life pavilion right like that's kind yeah. of feels like kind of feels like what they're trying to accomplish at that pavilion with where they're turning it into the play pavilion, right? Like whenever that's going to open, they announced it years ago and there's been like no updates on it, but you know, it seems like what they were trying to do there is kind of like the, the, the future version of what Disney quest was. That's just, you know, kind of what I'm thinking. So I feel like they're not going to do that. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll have to see how this, uh, or what the next steps are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Probably just going to sit there for a long time and and have nothing going on. So, (laughs) all right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and do our ad really quick here. And then, uh, we're going to, we're going to get into some genie stuff. Okay. That sound good. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. So our ad this week is for DVC rental store. Uh, I'm actually going to check DVC rental store out because I, I didn't even tell you guys. So I, I had talked a while ago about like an impromptu trip in November, uh, gonna try to make that happen. Very difficult to get DVC <laughs> reservations right now. Wait, uh, Thanksgiving November or regular? No, um, Veterans Day. Because Veteran- oh, I was gonna say you could have my Thanksgiving one if you want. <laughs> well, yeah, no, we're doing we're doing like a short kind of like extended weekend trip from like Veterans Day to the weekend, basically. So should be interesting. So anyway, I, 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 it's really hard to find a DVC reservation for that time, so I'm going to check out rental stores. So the DVC rental store, a world of DVC company, offers magical vacations at incredible value. Save up to 60% off retail rates at premium Disney resorts. DVC rental store now includes deposits as low as 25% at the time of booking and a built-in cancellation policy for every reservation. And as always, DVC rental store pays out the most to members looking to rent their points. Want to learn more? Go to dvcrentalstore.com or call 1-855-DVC-RENT. That's 1-855-382-7368 and let them know that Welcome Home sent you. Okay. I Damon ha- Damon has to run, so I think you want to talk we want to talk about the genie stuff before you go, Damon, right? I mean, it, that- it's not that hard for me, to be honest with you. I don't care about $15. I'm going to do it. I think, as everyone said, I would say it's too cheap. But I can't say anything until I know what that looks like, into what that means. Is it going to be super fast? Is it going to be not really fast because everyone does it? Do we know if they're going to you know, have a limit on it or not have a limit? It just, we can conjecture all we want, but it's all worthless until people start using it and going. So before we get too far into that, why don't we just give a high level for people that 
may not have read it. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if you're listening to this show and you haven't read it, I don't know why you're listening to the show. <laughs> mm. People come to us for news and to yeah. explain things. Dan said he needed me to explain this to him like he was, uh, I think he said eight years old, uh, I think is what yeah. he said. Explain yeah. like I'm eight, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what Dan said. So, I so okay, so uh, Disney Genie, we, we've been talking about this for a while. So, it's important to note that Disney Genie is, it's not a separate app. It's going to be part of my Disney experience, but it's going to be basically, I, I'm looking at it as the Touring Plans uh, Lines app. If anybody out there has ever used that app before, it basically will tell you, like, here's what the, you know, should you ride this ride right, right now? No, wait till later. The line's going to be shorter in an hour. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of seems like what this is going to be. It's going to tell people, um, you know, when to ride rides, what the wait times are now, what the predicted wait times are in the future. Um, it's going to help you, you know, kind of plan your vacation a little bit better in the moment. Okay, so that's that's the Disney Genie part. The part we're talking about is Genie Plus, right? Yeah. So Genie Plus is a little bit different. So... This is the replacement for FastPass. Uh, and and so what this is going to be is it's going to be available for purchase. You are going to have to pay for this. And I know a lot of people are upset about that part. And I get that. Um, I'm not surprised that they're doing this. I am... You know, I, I was saying to other people, like, Disney's the last theme park, basically, to have paid Fast Pass. <laughs> like, pretty much. I mean, even your local theme park, you can't do Fast Passes without paying for it. But... Um, so I'm not really all that surprised this is happening now, but this is going to be $15 per ticket per day at Disney World, $20 per ticket per day at Disneyland. Um, and essentially, this is basically like MaxPass. Uh, this is like the next evolution of MaxPass, which they had at Disneyland for, for quite a while. And I know it was very popular, Tra- Trevor, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. MaxPass was... Nobody nobody hated on MaxPass at, at Disneyland. I think that was a pretty popular option. Yeah. So something to note with this as well, just like MaxPass, is that you... It, so instead of getting the three or starting off with three fast passes per day, you yeah. get one fast pass. And we're going to keep using the term fast pass for now until... Yeah. We, we get used to it. So, so, you know, fast pass being, you know, a genie plus reservation, whatever that is. Yeah. So you get one of those per day and it does not. So genie plus does not apply to all rides because so, so that's the next part of this is the, the on top of genie plus, there is also the lightning lane. Yeah. And so, so what we should mention though. So, so this is $15 per, per ticket per day. What we don't know yet is if you could do this a la carte, right? So if you can just like, if you have a seven day trip, if you can do it four days out of seven, I don't think that that's really been stated yet. Um, you know, and, and what this is going to be, you're not planning things 60 days out anymore, right? So that's not how it works anymore. Basically, the idea of this is you are in the park in the morning and you say, I want to go to Big Thunder. You, you know, you, you got your Genie Plus and you click on Big Thunder and it says, okay, we got a reservation for you at Big Thunder. Come back at 10 o'clock. That's literally what this is. It's like FastPass was, but you're not picking your own time anymore. It's picking a time for you, basically. Yeah. And then once once you've used that one, you can do another one and another one and another one, right? So like that's that's the whole idea here. Right? Wait, 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 wait. It, it's not if it sets you up for 10 p.m. at night. Why would you ever buy this if you 10, can't no, do no, it? No, no, no. I was saying 10 a.m. But <laughs> okay, that, yeah, I was saying 10 a.m. I mean, I you wouldn't do it if it's if you're only going to get a couple a day. Now, I don't, Trevor. You use the Max Pass at Disneyland, right? Yeah. Like, so. So, so, you know, this is again, going back to the old fast pass system where, you know, you would ask for, you know, like, think of it like going up to, to the kiosks for fast pass, you scan your ticket and it just gives you the next available time. So, 
So yeah, the difference there is that, yeah, but with the old system, you could, you would get, you know, a window of times and you could, you know, you could say, oh, you know, I actually don't want to ride this until four o'clock, even though there's an 11 o'clock time, they're taking that away. They're just saying, you know, if you want to fast pass this, you get the next available time. Yeah. So it's, yeah, exactly. So it's the next available, right? It's, and so that's, yeah. So Damon, I, I understand your point. Why would you ever do it if you only get one per day, right? And that you're not going to only get one per day, right? And I, I think, and we'll have to see this in practice, but you know, I, I do believe you're still going to be able to write a lot of things by skipping the line with this, right? Like, I don't know how many it is, but I mean, and I don't, I don't know, Trevor, when you use MaxPass, like, did you feel like you were able to ride everything? Like, did you were like, or was everything filled up? Like, how how did it work? So it it didn't feel any different than so I'll, I'll use a day at Magic Kingdom as an example. You know, we would book our three fast passes in the morning, and then throughout the rest of the day, we would just you know we would be able to grab fast passes for various rides. Uh, it's the same kind of thing. It's just you know instead of, um, yeah. So in, instead of you know having a bunch of stuff laid out at the beginning was, you know, you just start your day and go, okay, first ride, I want to fast pass this. Once you scanned your fast pass, then you would, you know, you go in, grab your next fast pass and, and go that way. So I'm, I'm thinking in theory, it'll, it'll act kind of similar to that is like once you, once you've used up a fast pass, you can just hit the next one. Yep. So yeah, I mean that, that wasn't bad at all. Like it, it, it made for a pretty, um, like, like, like you said, it, guess, you could get. I guess what a lot I mean, done. like, did it? Things didn't get filled up by like ten o'clock in the morning. Like you could, oh, no. like, yeah. So, like, you could still get all of the. Like, you felt like you still got a lot of usage out of it, right? Yeah, like, there, could, yeah, there was still like you know things like Space Mountain, like the really popular rides. It was kind of a you know get those done first because the even in the case of Max Pass, you know those would still fill up. Like a lot of people would Max Pass those. And then it was like, well, you can't, you know, you're waiting, you know, a couple of hours. So then they, they're doing a bunch of standby until their fast pass comes up, which to me was, you know, that's part of his kind of understanding the system and knowing what makes sense and what doesn't and, you know, avoiding the really busy rides. So I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see how this works. And, and so you have that piece of it, right? And and Disney World has said there's going to be 40 plus rides that are on the Disney on the Genie Plus service. So it's going to be 40 some rides. And then you're and then in Disneyland, I think they said 15 rides, which is, feels a lot less, but <laughs> which it is, but it just feels like there's they they will have more on there than than they've announced. But then we're also going to have the individual attraction selection. So this one you'll be able to schedule a time up to two a day for the highly in demand attractions. And so far all of all they've announced of the highly in demand ones that this will apply to are Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Radiator Springs Racers, and um, also the Ratatouille ride and uh, and and Rise of the Resistance. So Rise of the Resistance and Ratatouille are still gonna have their virtual queue. So you're still gonna have the option of doing the virtual queue if you want for free. But if you really want to ride those rides and don't want to take your take a chance at doing the virtual queue, you can uh, select a time. And based on the time, it seems like it's going to be, uh, I guess you would call it search pricing, right? It's going to be based on how busy the park is that day, how many people want to get on the ride, how busy the ride is. So the busier the ride is, the more expensive it's going to be, right? Like that's mm-hmm. kind of how it's going to, it's going to be in a, in a range. And this is kind of what they debuted at Disneyland Paris, right? Is, is this kind of idea 
Um, but it's also worth noting, though, too, that these are still going to have... Uh, well, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, anyway, is still going to have a standby option, right? So, like, it's not going to be part of Genie Plus. I was actually saying that this is kind of... I think it's a positive for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, because if you look at it... It should, in it, theory, make standby better. It should, yeah, because way fewer people are going to pay the one-time cost, right? Some people are going to, of course, but like, even if it were somehow like 80% of people, that's still 20% less people that are cutting the line, right? So it's it, before everybody got a shot at Seven Dwarves Mine Train for a fast pass. Now it's only going to be the people that are willing to pay a lot extra, right? So I, I think, you know, like you said, in, th- in theory, this helps out the standby line significantly in my mind. So... I think that still is going to... I think this... It's interesting how negative a lot of the reaction is to this, and I, I get it, right? Like, I understand, because it was a thing that was free that is now not free, right? But I also think it will help everybody, right? I Because not everybody's going to buy this. Even though the price point is low, there are people that are not going to buy this. And we did a poll in the group, and there are there were, you know, some people that said that they weren't going to pay for it. They were just going to do standby. And that's that's kind of what Disney's banking on, right? So regardless of what happens here, you're going to have less people that are cutting the line, right? Because you're forcing you're having people pay for it, so you're going to have less people cutting the line. And that makes in general, you know, how many how, how for how long have we heard that people there are people that hate fast pass? Because it, they feel like it makes the standby line longer, right? So this to, this to me makes the standby lines better, even if you don't buy it. Yeah. So, um, Damon, I know you have to go here before you know we get further into this. Um, I, I know we kind of or you had your discussion or you had your thoughts up front. Is there anything else, or what do you think about this so far? <laughs> or has he left already? He might have left us already. Yeah, <laughs> I know his thoughts were that it was too cheap, and I know a lot of people in the group felt yeah. that way. I I actually think this is the sweet spot, right? So I I don't think Disney wants everyone to buy into it, but I also think they want a lot of people to buy into it, right? So like I, it, I I think they're they're gonna have to find a sweet spot. I did read an interview with uh, Josh Diamaro, the guy that is in charge of all the Disney parks, mm-hmm. and he made it seem like. It's fifteen dollars now, but it might not always be. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I mean, like like anything yeah. else, you know, Disney is, you know, they will they will, uh, you know, bump it up as time goes on. Guaranteed. It's not that it'll get cheaper; it'll it'll get more expensive. Um, well, and and that was what he said. Why is because the question was asked? Why is Disneyland twenty when Disney World is fifteen? And his answer was, well, this is not a new system for Disneyland. It's a new system for Disney World. So this is like an introductory price, kind of. But he also said too, and this is true too. People stay at Disneyland way less days than they do at Disney World. So it's an adjustment yeah. for that too. So yeah. Right, sorry, so, what were you going to say? I interrupted you. I well, I, I was going to say too. The the other thing to keep in mind as well is that they have. Um, or so so the other aspect of this is staying on property. So th- this doesn't apply so much to Genie Plus, but or at least not right now. Um but for the Lightning Lane, I noticed that the um so if you're staying at a Disney property, you can where most people can't book Lightning Lane until the park opens, you can book yours at 7 a.m. if you're staying at a Disney hotel. Yeah. So that's a benefit. Yeah. So, so there, there's that, right? Like, you know, and I, and I think, you know, like, like Josh, uh, DeMauro said there, you know, 
they're they're going to use this as an introductory thing and kind of get people used to the idea of it and i wouldn't be surprised if you know overall you know the price of lightning lane and the price of of genie plus goes up over time but then yeah the the discussion becomes when does it hit the point of you know nobody's using it versus you know it's too cheap and everybody's using it right yeah i think there's a balance here right like i think I don't think that Disney just picked the number 15 out of nowhere, right? I, I, no, they, the, they did market research on this. And Max plus Pass have, was 15 at one point. And that's, and that's the thing, too. They have the experience of how many people bought into it at $15 at Disneyland. They know, and they could probably say, okay, well, listen, 65, 80, whatever it is, percent of guests... We're buying this service, right? And based on that, they can price it, and you know it, they um, they understand how this works. I mean, they didn't just pull that number out of nowhere. They've been working on this for a long time, right? <laughs> like they want to make sure that this works. So I understand the people are saying that it's too cheap, but it is interesting because in our group, I saw people saying that it was too cheap, and then everywhere else, I was seeing people just complaining about having to pay it all, right? Like. I don't know if that's just a difference between our group and others or what, so, but so and actually, so here here's something I wanted to put up uh, or uh, I wanted to offer this up. I uh, so a couple of nights ago, I, I was talking with my brother. Um, we we um, play games like every Friday night, but I specifically wanted to ask him about this, and the reason is is that you know for for me and and my family, we go to Disney every year, but his um, so him and his family, they go only about once every five years. So, so he's, you know, he's not a DVC member. He's not someone who travels to Disney regularly, but he definitely wants to go. And, um, to that point, so he's been to Tokyo Disney and he's had experience with fast pass at Tokyo Disney, but, um, his last trip to Disney world fast pass wasn't a thing. So that the, okay. this was it's pre long, yeah. pre fast pass. Right. So I, I I laid out this whole thing to him and I said, you know, hey, you know, they've got this new system, you know, you got to pay, you know, you know, you can do the free thing where you just stand by things. But then if you want the fast passes, you got to pay for it. And then the lightning lane and all that. And the thing to remember, and, and, and you know, I, I kind of expected this, but, you know, his point of view on it was, you know, being someone who, you know, I'm not going there all the time and I'm not, you know. Uh, he he doesn't have the mentality of you know well we can catch that next time right like it, it's yeah, like yeah. you know he it's goes a, there it's with a once every ten year kind of trip yeah yeah you know he's he's going to go there with his girls and he wants to make sure that he maximizes on you know getting certain experiences done and he said you know for something like the he said the um you know the genie plus he said that that kind of seems like a no brainer like to him it would be you know part of the budget like he would just look at it and go okay you know realistically that's um, or, or what he actually said to me is, is he's like, you know, that's like buying like an extra, you know, two Mickey bars per day per kid. Like, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It, it, it's really not that bad. Like it, it, in terms of, you know, if you're actually buying park food and everything, but he also understood, you know, the flip side of it is, you know, there, there's some people that, you know, the, the budget is just, you know, as far as, you know, getting in the door, getting food. So then, you know, this extra piece on top of it definitely feels you know, like nick, nickel and diming sure. and, and, you know, for him personally, he said, you know, obviously he has the money where he could afford to do that. And, and you know, over a, like a week trip, he's like, yeah, you know, that's an extra like four or $500, but you know, he's willing to pay that for the experience to, sure. to, you know, get what he wants. And then, um, same thing for the lightning lane is that he's like, he said, it's, it's not a matter of, 
you know, this is too expensive. It, it really comes down to, you know, is this something that I really want to experience with my girls? Like, like for him, he doesn't have any frame of reference for rise of the resistance. He's not, you know, he's got two daughters. They're not star Wars fans. So, so to him, it's like something like that is like, well, you know, I could probably pass on that. So, um, but on the flip side of that, like he's, he's personally a big fan of Tron. So, you know, he may actually just pay for a single ticket for himself to get on Tron, <laughs> um, yeah, whenever, yeah. whenever that comes out. Right. So, so, you know, out, outside of, you know, our group, like, like th- this is the thing is that, you know, we have to remember we're, we're there a lot, you know, we're used to, you know, we go at least, you know, once, maybe, you know, a couple of times a year. So for, for me personally, it's, you know, I don't, is it going to be something that I need to have every time? Probably not, but there's going to be a whole demographic of people outside of, you know, those of us who go regularly that, you know, this thing is, is going to be used by somebody it, like it's, it may not be specific to us that it, it's used in or, or maybe, you know, a thing like once every couple of years, you use it because there's something specific you want to do. But I think the big benefit is going to be for the people that are not regularly visiting the parks. Yeah, no, I I would agree with that. For the you're talking about for just the individual attraction ones, right? Well, that and Genie Plus, like I yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think for both of them it's the same thing because even even for Genie Plus, like you said, there's there's not we don't know if it's going to be a la carte. Like I really hope they don't do the same nonsense that they did with the dining plan, where it's like you got to yeah. buy it for the whole trip. I feel um, like it's going to be a la carte. That's yeah. just kind of what my feeling is going to be because that was the same thing with Max yeah. Plus, right? Yeah, that's and yeah. that's why I think it's going to be that way where you can just choose, hey. I want to do it like because I think that would be a good way to do this, right? And and not make people buy it the whole week. It could also end up being the new the new promotional thing, right? Where they do, hey, you you know, instead of or maybe not even instead of doing free dining, but maybe they do free Genie Plus as a promotion. You know what I mean? Where they yeah. go, oh, you get free Genie Plus for with this package for the duration yeah, of your trip. Yeah, yeah, stay stay at a at a Disney hotel and you get exactly. Genie Plus for your trip, right? Exactly. Like so, that could be a thing that happens. I just. I I I'm a little surprised at how people how upset people were about this. Mostly because when I really think about this, when I like really dig deep into what they're doing here, right? They're they're doing a lot of the things people have been asking for for years, right? Yeah. The getting rid of the pre-planning, making it more spontaneous, right? Making it so you can make decisions day of and don't have to be scheduled 2 months out. Now, listen, I know there are a lot of people that like the scheduling of, you know, of the trip. They like doing the 2 month out scheduling but i think the majority of people kind of hated that right (laughs) like i i think most people hated that i i was on board with it and i'm you know i'm definitely i was game for doing it but i will admit that you know the the one trip that i had where we had to cancel it due to a um due to a hurricane you know i was i was really annoyed because i'd spent a ton of time and a ton of work you know, getting, you know, setting this trip up, setting everything up and then just, you know, a few days before watching it all fall apart. Um, yeah, it, it gives you, it gives you a weird emotional investment in just the booking of things. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, to that point is, you know, maybe I don't, you know, I know there's certain rides I want to get on, but I don't want to be committed like three months ahead of time to, <laughs> to getting on this yeah. ride. Exactly, because you don't so, know what's going to happen once you get there. And I, I, I yeah. didn't mind it either, right? Like, I didn't mind it. It was fine. But 
I also like the idea of being more spontaneous and being able to just be like, you know what? I feel like writing Big Thunder right now. Let's see what's available. You know, like I always liked that after my initial three fast passes, I could do that, right? Like that, you had that spontaneity after those three scheduled fast passes because you could look for new ones and then just go and do that. But this is going to be all that, right? This is just going to be you can decide whenever you want to go whatever ride, go to whatever ride you want. So, like, People have been asking for that. And then, you know, the other thing people always complained about, and I said this before, is how many times have you heard people say, like, oh, I hate FastPass because it makes the standby lines longer, right? Mm -hmm. So by charging for it, you essentially are limiting people from using FastPass. You're having less people use it. And again, I know everybody, you know, there are a lot of people from their point of view look at this and go, oh, $15, that's nothing. But from a lot of other people's point of view, it's like, no, I'm not going to pay that. I can't afford to do that. Like, that's going to cost me a fortune. And, like, that's kind of what they're trying to do here, right? And this is, in my mind, I'm like, if you look at it as only 80% buy it, right? You're still talking 20% less people skipping the line. So you're talking about helping the standby lines, also letting people still skip the line if they want to, and then making it for the the more, the rides that are hard to get onto, the, you know, the, the um, seven dwarves of the world, that it helps both because it's it's tell it's people if they really want to go on it they can pay for it you know and to skip the line if they don't then they can wait in line and it should make the standby line shorter because now the only people that can skip the line are the ones that are willing to pay the super high prices for it and that's and, not gonna that's gonna be a much lower percentage than the genie plus people much lower yeah and, and so so here's a little bit of you know mental gymnastics i guess that to think about so so you know for my family there's three people in the family that's 45 dollars a day just a for day. genie yeah. plus for my brother's family there's four people in his family so that's 60 dollars a day that crossing that you know that 50 dollar threshold yeah for for a lot of people that's a turnoff even though it's really you know it's just an extra 15 dollars but you know again you know for his family that that could traverse into no i don't want to pay this every single day even though, you know, he yeah, said yeah. he would, but, but, you know, that, that in and of itself, you know, unfortunately, yeah, for, for larger families, it does become a barrier because, you know, if, or, you know, if you're traveling with, you know, five, six, seven people, you're, you know, you're up over like the, the cost of an additional park ticket yeah, just to, to ride rides. So I, I can see where that's a turnoff sure. um, to, to, to your your point about the you know the current state of things with fa- or how things were with fast passes you know something that people don't think about is that you know for those rides that you know we we're talking about you know 60 days out you're trying to book fast passes you know there were certain rides that if you didn't book them that day you would never find a fast pass which means oh, yeah. you know months ahead of time that ride has already allocated like, you know, let's assume, you know, 80% is fast pass, 20% is, is standby queue, right? 80% of the day is already spoken for months ahead of time. Yep. So, so yeah, yeah like you said, it, it becomes very hard to be spontaneous and to, you know, to get in those rides. This is flipping it the other way, or, you know, it probably won't be exactly the other way, but, you know, it's yeah. flipping it yeah. on the other side where, you know, the standby line is there and then, the fast pass line will fill up throughout the day, but there's a good chance that, you know, you know, day over day, there's not, it's not going to be a hundred percent fast pass or 80% fast exactly. pass, whatever the, the allocation yeah. is. Right. Assuming the allocation is the same as the old system, you're yeah. not going to have as many people buying into it as that, as when you had it for free. Yeah. Like you just so, not. So, so that just means, like you said, it, it, it means that, that these, 
these lines are not going to be as crazy as they were. And, and the other thing too, and like the thing to keep in mind, as we're talking about this, we, we fully know this is all conjecture and speculation. And everything. There's, there's a lot of people that are like, this is not going to work because of, of X. The biggest one I've seen is, you know, people are like, well, right now there's, you know, 60 plus minute lines and that's without fast pass. Yeah. True. But there's, we're not operating at a hundred percent capacity and not all attractions are open. So, well, yeah, not only that, in some of the attractions, they aren't running at full at, you know, a lot of people look at it as like, oh, the ride's open. It, it, it's running at full capacity. Well, no, they don't. They don't always run rides at full capacity. They run them yeah. slower sometimes, especially some of the rides like, you know, the trackless rides and things like that. They, they can run those things at a slower pace if they want to. You know, they, they do things, you know, depending on what, how many people are in the parks and things like that. And they, they've studied this. They have industrial engineers that are doing this. That's what they do, right? They're working on efficiency. Like the, that's, yeah. I was going to say the, the thing that most people don't see. And so the only place I can think of where I have regularly seen this is in Disneyland. Big Thunder Mountain sits right next to, I'm going to butcher the name of this place. Uh, it's Rancho de Zocalo, I think is the name of the restaurant. Okay. Um, you sit right next to Big Thunder. Like you can actually, so, so you're, um, right outside of the restaurant is the loading track for Big Thunder for, for the additional trains. So at di- if you sat there long enough, you could actually watch, you know, as the day got busier, they would load additional trains onto the track to run more people through. And to your point, you know, we, we don't know right now for a lot of rides, are they running at full trains or are they only running at, you know, you know, two trains, they could, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, if it it can run seven, are they running two? Are they running five? Right. You don't know that, but again, that will scale up the times and they're, they're willing to accept that they're not going to go, you know, load up all the trains so that, you know, we can get this down to a 10 minute, um, wait time. They're They're okay with a certain amount of wait time. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So, so the, the thing is, is that, you know, you're never going to get to, you know, everyone wants that dream of, you know, every ride being, you know, five minute walk on walk ons. Yeah. Um, Sorry, that's not going to happen unless you it's go to an after hours. <laughs> it's never going to happen. Yeah, unless the, the, you're at an after hour event. That's it. Yeah. Exactly. That That's the only time I've ever seen that happen where I've like, or that's the only time I've been able to walk on was, you know, we did the after hours party and we hit every single ride in Magic Kingdom because there was no wait times. Yeah. But I, yeah. Yeah. On, on a regular but, day, that's never going to happen. <laughs> I think, I think the part the though that people that are missing here too, right, is that. Not only are they going to have this, now they're going to have an app that tells you where to go for the standby lines, right? That's a game changer too. And and, and so if you don't want to buy this, you're still going to have this app that says, hey, don't ride this ride right now. Go in an hour and the wait time is going to be 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like you're going to also have that ability too. So if you don't want to do Genie Plus, you still have this app that if you guys haven't used the Touring Plans app uh, to Lines app before, that's what it would do. It would say the actual wait time posted is 45 minutes, but the real wait time is 30 minutes. But you shouldn't ride right now because in an hour, the wait time typically drops down to 15. You know what I mean? And that's what this app is going to do. That's what they've said it's going to do. So, so the, yeah. The only interesting thing about that is, so, so this was something that I, I, I read in a Reddit thread is that um, touring plans is made, you know, uh, you know, it's an, it's another third party. They're kind of people reports. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're making it based on people's reports and people's usage. Yeah. yeah. Genie plus is made by Disney for Disney 
So it's a difference of, you know, touring plans, you know, they don't have a hidden agenda. They don't have a motivation. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a hidden, yeah, they don't have a hidden motivation of manipulating your behavior. Yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. so that, that's the only caution I would say with that is that, you sure. know, Genie, Genie is not going to be, you know, the be all to end all. You know, it's definitely great that, you know, it'll give more people access to that. I feel like, you know, stuff like touring plans, you know, for the, for the really hardcore people like us, you know, yeah, I've, I've used those things I've researched. Um, you know, you know, done all that stuff to kind of optimize and, and avoid crowds. Yeah. Um, Disney doing it on my behalf, I, I guess, you know, it seems great that, you know, I don't have to think about it, but my only worry is that, you know, the, not that I'm missing out, but yeah, that it's sure. like, you know, they may, they may say, you know, Hey, go over here right now. But you know, the, the truth is, is, you know, I could actually do something different that would be better, but they're going, you know, but they're going to kind of push people the way that they want them to go. Right. But I guess the question is, do you care if Disney manipulates you into going onto space mountain when it's a 15 minute wait? Like, you know what I mean? Like, does yeah, that, I mean, cause the end result is what you want anyway. Right. You're right. So. <laughs> I, you're right. There, there is a, there is a degree of perception there. And I, and I guess, yeah. you know, whatever the perception this app generates is that, you know, you know, if you come out of it and at the end of your trip, you're, satisfied because you got to do the things you wanted to do. And, and I guess maybe that's, you know, you know, when I look back at after I finished a day at Disney, I'm like, Hey, you know, we, we did a bunch of rides. We did this, you know, we, we went for this meal and, and it's, I guess, you know, as long as I feel satisfied at the end of the day, I probably won't be too upset about it. If, you know, I, but on the flip side, you know, I would never be that person that would be like, you know, I have to get on this ride and you wait like six hours, like, you know, like flight of passage, right? When it was crazy long lines. But I mean, if it is, if they're not manipulating us all that much, right? Like, so, you know, an example, I think I talked about this on the show where my sister was there a couple months ago and mm-hmm. I had the touring plans app and I was kind of helping her throughout the day. And she texted me at one point and she's like, oh, we're getting online for Smuggler's Run. And I was like, don't do that. Like it's an hour long wait right now. It's going to be a 15 minute wait in an hour and a half. Right. And so they were in line and got out of line and then they were very happy that they did so. Right. Yeah. And then there was another time where I told them, I was like, listen, is it, it says it's a 30 minute wait right now for Toy Story, but it's actually like a 10 minute wait. Go get in line for that. And they were like, yeah, it was walk on. Right. Like if the app works that way and I, Listen, I know Disney's going to do some sort of manipulation, right? Because they do that now, right? We've talked about this before. They inflate wait times. They they do it though for a reason of guest happiness, right? Because we've we've talked about this before. It's uh, undersell over deliver, right? Yeah. You say a wait time is a half hour. You wait for fifteen minutes, and then you get that Facebook post from that person was, oh man, it was so awesome. I went on Big Thunder, and it said it was thirty minutes, but it was only fifteen. So great, right? Like that makes people happy when you do stuff like that. So. That's why they do it. And there's going to be some part of it there with this too, right? But they're also going to have... They're going to try to push people to rides that are have a lower wait time to get people away from the ones with the higher wait times to kind of distribute throughout the park, right? Like, that's what they're going to do. And so there's going to be some manipulation behind that, of course, right? But I'm also going to look at it too as if... Disney tells me, hey, if you wait an hour to go on Haunted Mansion and it's only going to be 15 minutes, I'm going to be like, cool. I'll wait an hour to go to wait only 15 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care if they're yeah. manipulating me. I'm happy to wait 15 minutes for Haunted Mansion. So and, and I, that's, yeah. And, and yeah, that, that that's also an inch, interesting 
mental exercise around it too. So, so I, another example that I heard was, you know, again, let, let's take flight of passage is, you know, yeah. you, you get on or so you old system, you would fast pass it and you would say, Hey, you know, it was an hour long wait, but I got on it, you know, fast pass was never instantaneous. So you still waited like, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. Of course um, yeah. you got on it and then you went, Hey, you know, I saved myself 40 minutes, but then every other ride in the park was, you know, you know, let's say you want to go on Kilimanjaro next. So you go over to Kilimanjaro, but it's a 40 minute wait. But in reality, if there wasn't all the fast passes there, it could have been, you know, possibly a 20 minute wait. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so across, you know, you know, with, with the, the old fast pass system, it made it seem like you were saving time, but in reality it, it was, you know, there more standby lines were taken up with waiting for fast passes. So, yeah. you know, you, you would save yourself that perception on the really long ride that, you know, you know, you didn't waste your time there, but if you actually calculated your total time over a day spent waiting in lines, it was probably actually worse with the old system than what it could be with this, you know? Yeah. Like if, if yeah. they're, you know, telling you, Hey, go, you know, you know, plan to be over at haunted mansion at this time, because, you know, it'll be quicker, you know, overall, it may mean that, you know, you're not, you're not spending as much time waiting in lines. And, you know, obviously that, that benefits Disney too, because like you said, it makes, it makes people happier because they're not waiting in line. But then also for that in, like you said, Hey, you know, you've got an hour, you're waiting out of line for an hour, but you know, to, to get that 15 minute wait, but then what are you doing for that hour? Are you watching a show? Are you getting something you're spending to spend money? Are you, are you buying something? <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. th- there's obviously some, some incentive on their side to sure. not keep you in the line. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of interesting things here. I, I think, I, I, I think it's funny though, like in general, how much people forget quickly, how much they hated the old system when they announced a new system, right? It was, it's almost like when they announced they were getting rid of magical express, it was like, mm-hmm. did everybody forget how much they complained about that service before they said they were getting rid of it? And it's kind of feels like the same thing here is because people would complain about not getting, you know, waking up at whatever time it was in the morning, 60 days out to book their flat fast pass and flight of passage was already gone by the time they got in. Right. Like, this gives you a better chance of getting Flight of Passage. Now, I do think it's interesting they don't mention Flight of Passage with the Genie Plus service or with the individual attraction selection. I think they're still finalizing the list, and I would say that Flight of Passage probably will lean more towards the individual attraction one. But we'll have to see. But again, I I think those the ones that are not going to be on Genie Plus, I think are going to benefit more, benefit, benefit the standby people way more than the ones that are on Genie Plus, right? Because it's just that population of people that are going to be willing to pay that higher price to go on that one attraction. Plus, it's going to be limited to two attractions per day for those people to do it. It's going to be such a smaller percentage, and you're just going to eliminate all of the people that would have gotten free Fast Passes before. It's going to... I just think those rides that are going to fall under that tier are actually going to be way more benefited than the ones that are under genie plus. So I, I think we've talked about this a lot um, and, and, and really talked about it a lot and listen, don't get us wrong here. We understand why people are upset about this. I, I get why people are mad about having to pay for, for something that was free. Like, and I know this is, makes Disney more unaffordable for a lot of people. I know this, you know, in a way creates a class system. Now I think that class system is already 
pretty much existed at Disney for a while here, right? The, in different ways, but this, you know, it's kind of making it an even smaller one, uh, you know, cutting it a little bit, uh, clo- you know, into a smaller piece. But, I, and I, so I understand all that. I get it. I, I think I just want to see, I think we're, we need to see what this is going to look like in practice before we all really have a real, sense of what this is going to result in right and I, I think we need to trust that what disney's trying to do here is is for the benefit of the guests because they don't want to make us angry they don't want people to not come you know they want they want the guest experience to be as good as possible and that's i do believe what they're trying to accomplish here you know and also making some more money sure that's part of it too right but i i think this is also part of what they did with the ticket pricing too, right? Is they are manipulating guest behavior using pricing. And that's what they did with the ticket pricing, making it different depending on the day, trying to get people to away from the high busy times to some of the lower, less busy times. They're going to do a similar thing here with, with this by charging people for fast pass and kind of trying to manipulate some of the guest behavior. So at the at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say here is I understand why people are upset, but I also feel like we need to see what this is going to look like and what this is going to feel like and, you know, judge yeah. it from there. Judge it on the merits once it actually launches. Yeah, I mean, it, it may be that, that Genie, without Genie Plus, just the Genie may be enough for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, I mean, wait, I think I'll be interested to see what standby lines are going to look like when this launches, you know? Exactly. I, I want to see that. Like, I want to see how that's going to turn out. And I want to see how good the new app is at telling you where to go. I mean, if you have this app telling you go this ride at this time, this ride at this time, this ride at this time to wait only 15 minutes and you do everything in one day still, then what does it matter? (laughs) Like, if you're still able to get everything done through standby lines because this app will help you do that then none of that matters. I mean, that's what my my sister, when she just went by using that touring plans app with no fast passes, because fast passes don't exist right now, she was able to do every single thing in the park, waiting standby lines, right? I think there's still an opportunity to do that. And I still think that Disney wants you to do all that, right? Like they want you to ride as many things as possible, but they also want you to want to come back, right? Yeah. <laughs> so- and- and something, so again, I'm going to offer the, the outside view again. So, so going off of my brother's experience, um, the, this is, you know, thinking of like, you know, we're used to going to, to the, the Disney parks in North America. He went to, to Tokyo Disney and, you know, being someone who didn't, who hadn't used fast passes before, he did a little bit of research, like, or like he, he tried to understand the fast pass system based on what he knew in North America, but it was a little bit different in Tokyo. And the struggle there was there was also a language barrier because some of the instructions were written in Japanese. That's so, challenge. yeah. So, so <laughs> he was, he was trying to figure out, he, he luckily had, um, uh, he had his, uh, um, sister in law with him. And so she was helping translate some of the stuff. So, so he had that benefit. But what he said was, you know, at first, it seemed very overwhelming in the first couple of days because uh, he, he was there for like four days. And so for the first two days or first day and a half, um, he was really frustrated with it because he didn't understand how or like he, he wasn't using the system as well as he could. Once he got the hang of it and he he got a feel for how how the actual fast pass system worked. And, and it was really like from what he described, it sounded really close to like the the pre max pass um disneyland system but there was a few weird twists to it um 
he, once he got used to it, he was, you know, the next couple of days he was, you know, he was obviously way more happy because he knew how to use fast pass. He knew how to get onto the rides that he wanted. I think it's going to be the same thing with this is that, you know, again, for, for people that, you know, for, for those of us that are really interested in this, we're going to jump into the system. We're going to get comfortable with it. And, you know, after six months, we'll, we'll see how it works. You know, it may be that, you know, there's a, a, a large, decision that, you know, this is dumb, you know, I'm not even going to bother looking at this, you know, touring plans is still better. Or it may be that, like you said, you know, once we get a feel for it, it may be that it actually does make sense and people are overall happier with it than the old fast pass system. But, um, but then again, you know, you know, thinking outside of that, you know, imagine being somebody who, you know, just walks into Disney, you know, not having any previous experience coming from, you know, maybe even another country, and, you know, this it, as or what, I, yeah, what I'm trying to say is, you know, if the easier they can make this for people, the better. And yeah, if, it, if it's all in an app and if it's all something that is accessible to everybody, it, it does kind of level the playing field, which, you know, for some of us who are a little bit more hardcore about it, it feels like it's kind of taking away some of our secrets, so to speak. Sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but that was, that's yeah. an unfair system though, too, because the old fast pass system, you, if you were good at it, you could really do pretty well with fast passes in a day, but oh, absolutely. you had to know how to do that. Yeah. You know, like you, you had to know the tricks and tips for it. You shouldn't have to know how to do that. Like it should just be simple for everybody and well, you should, you know, everybody should be able to do it. Every system is like that, though. There, there is always yeah, going to there's be. There's no way. Yeah. There's always going to be a way to manipulate it, and people are always going to be trying to find that angle. But you know, I even think back to you know the last trip I took with my parents. You know, about halfway through the trip, you know, we, you know, we were we were hitting up rides. You know, we we got them on all these rides, and you know, I, I think I can't remember which park we were in. I think we were actually we were in Animal Kingdom. Like we had gotten off flight of passage, and my parents turned to me and said, you know, you know. We're so glad that you did this because we would have had no idea how to, oh yeah, how to get on any of these rides. Like, like you know, they would have been totally lost because they didn't understand the fast pass system at all. Yeah, and I, I think Disney realizes that's a barrier to entry, right? That's that's a that's a place where they could do better and making it easier for people and and to not have to do that pre planning, you know, and to be able to show up day of and get on these rides when they want to get on these rides. That's a huge benefit, I think, for a lot of people. And I think it's DVC members, we have a little bit of a skewed reality when it comes to this, right? Because the majority of people that are going to Disney parks are going once every couple of years, once every five years, once every 10 years. Like These are not frequent vacations for most people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's, and, but for us as members who go every year, go several times a year, our, our view on it, it's a little bit skewed because it's, it, we, we are doing it all the time and we're going all the time. So we have a different thought on this. Now, it, it's worth noting they have not said anything about the cost being different for DVC members, for, for annual pass holders, if there's going to be discounts involved there. More to come, I think. I, I don't know if they will offer discounts. I, I kind of lean to the side of that they won't. But I feel like if they really wanted to make a game-changing benefit for DVC members, especially direct members, blue card members, if they made it included with a, a membership, that would be pretty pretty huge, I feel like. Um, but, you know, I doubt that's going to happen. I don't, I don't see it happening. So I, I could see it being something, you know, kind of like they did with the, uh, the platinum passes those one year yeah. where you could get yeah. the platinum for the price of the gold. I could see it being like a one-time thing where they're like, hey, you know, this year you can get... You know, cheap or, you know, potentially, I, I wouldn't 
think free, but you know, you know, get get your your genie plus at a discount or something like that. I could see that happening. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see. I, I mean, I, I'll be interested to see how this kind of shakes out. So, yeah. All right. The only other note, I mean, I think we talked enough about Genie Plus, but, you know, we've heard a lot of the groups about it. But listen, I, I think probably some of our opinions are going to get some hate here because we're I, I, and we're not trying to sit here and say that we're like very pro this. But I do I do think that it's we need to see more details. We need to see how it's going to be in practice before we can really say anything about it. You know, yeah, and exactly. I, I'm, I'm not going to yeah. hate on it until there's a good reason to hate on it. And right yeah, now there's exactly. a lot of conjecture. <laughs> well, and it's just interesting to me because it seems, you know, max pass was so popular in Disneyland and you didn't really seem to hear anybody complaining about the costs of max pass. Right. Like, but it's interesting that now that there's a cost here, that there are so many people mad about that. Mm-hmm. And it, maybe it's just, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because you had something that was free for so long and then now it's not, or I, I, I don't know. But I, I think that's the bigger thing is that, you know, people got used to the idea of it. And, and again, you know, for somebody that hasn't been there in a long time, you know, they have no frame of reference on this. So they go, yeah. oh, okay, this is just how, you know, Universal's doing this. So Disney's doing this. So fine. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, pretty much any theme park, I, I, Disney's like the last one to do this. I mean, if yeah. you, if I go to my local theme park, I can't skip the line unless I pay way more than $15 for a day. <laughs> like usually they're a lot more expensive than this. And you know, at universal, if you want to skip the line, just unlimited, it's, you know, as much as a park ticket, it's basically like doubling your park ticket costs. I mean, it's, you know, it, and, and they do give it away to, they do give those passes away to people that stay at deluxe resorts, I think. But, and, and you know, that might be a thing that happens too. Maybe they start giving this away to people that stay at deluxe resorts or to, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they're going to, but who knows? But, um, you know, I, like I said, Disney's kind of like late to the party on this one <laughs> in a lot of ways. Uh, cause you really can't skip the line for free just about anywhere. So, you know, yeah. and, and that's not a good reason to do it, but, you know, again, I, I don't think the cost, the cost is probably 90% making more money and probably 10% trying to modify what people are doing and, and modify kind of the guest behavior. So that there is that part to it. Um, but you know, most of it is to make more money, of course. Right. <laughs> so, um, the only other thing I saw in here, you mentioned the early access for, uh, Disney resort guests. Uh, but also we, you know, and we, I think we mentioned to, uh, Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, part of the, this announcement mentioned, which we, I think we kind of assumed this was the case, but is it basically officially said that there's going to be a virtual queue for it. Now, whether that's a permanent thing or not, or just an opening thing, like, cause I, I don't see that ride as being the type of ride that is going to require a virtual queue every day, like Rise of the Resistance. It, I'm wondering if it's just to start off with. You know, because yeah. it's a new ride. So, you know? so my thinking on this is that the the lightning lane is going to be, you know, whatever the newest ride is in the park will by default end up in lightning lane. And then as time goes on, they'll drop down to Genie Plus depend again, depending on the ride Agreed. Yeah. and the hype around it. Like, yeah, I see Ratatouille, you know, for the first little while, it'll be lightning lane. And then probably when Guardians opens up, I wouldn't be surprised if Ratatouille drops down to Disney Plus at some point. Yeah. Or yeah. not Disney Plus. Uh, Genie, Genie Plus. Plus. I know. Yeah. Too many Plus things. I, I, I keep, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's going to be on Disney Plus. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we're already pretty far in here. So we, and we have a couple more topics. So let's, let's go over these things pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so food news, food news next. Yeah. yeah food news, food news. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about Boma reopening. Uh, Boma is like a fan favorite. A lot mm-hmm. of people love Boma. I don't have, have you ever had Boma? We, we did the breakfast buffet there. We've never done dinner there though. 
no, I, I haven't been there just because I've never been to Animal Kingdom Lodge. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I, it is, I mean, I will say it's probably the best. I, I'm probably going to offend somebody here, but I think a lot, it's a pretty consensus, probably the best breakfast buffet at Disney. I, they have a lot of stuff there that they don't, you don't really find elsewhere, you know, right. like, cause a lot of the breakfast buffets are very standard fare. You know, your bacon, your eggs, your carved hams, your, you know, your waffles, your, your, your pancakes. And they have that there too, but then they have some really cool, like African inspired dishes that are there too. And, and it's just, it all feels very fresh and, and different. Uh, and, and it's very good. So uh, that's coming back as the first traditional buffet. It's actually already come back as we're speaking here. Uh, but then they also announced that Crystal Palace is going back to a buffet, but not for breakfast, it seems. Um, mm-hmm. It's just for lunch and dinner right now, which is interesting. It's fine. I, I actually like the, the Crystal Palace uh, lunch. It's actually my preferred one over the breakfast. So that's Yeah, fine. so that that's September 12th. That'll be back. And then... Um, the beer garden restaurant in the German pavilion uh, beginning on August 29th will be a, a buffet experience for lunch and dinner too. So, so yeah, so that's, that's, I mean, I listen, I understand your thoughts on this, but I, I think, um, you know, I, I'm a little happy to see those coming back. I, I, I like buffets. And so I, but you know, I understand yeah. not being comfortable going to one at this point too. So, you know, yeah, it's fine. Like, you know, you know, I'm glad that they are starting to get back to this point because that means it's, it'll get closer to a point where I'm okay with it. It's, you know, my, yeah, my yeah. personal take on it doesn't take anything away from the fact that these are coming back and I'm happy yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know how you feel about this one. The, the pog juice. <laughs> um, Do you want to read this one? Yeah. So, so pog juice is no longer available at Boma and reportedly leaving Disney world altogether. Now, I guess m- what I read on this was that the, the provider for it, um, they've stopped manufacturing it. Yeah, I read that too. Um, yeah, that basically they just yeah, and that's it's not that Disney doesn't want to offer it anymore. Uh, it's just that literally the company that makes it that supplied it to them just stopped making it. And and this is a fan favorite thing, right? So it's uh, passion fruit, orange, and guava juice mix. Uh, and I know they have alcoholic versions of it. And I think in fact, when my wife and I did our honeymoon at Animal Kingdom Lodge. I believe when we walked in the door because we were staying club level, they like walked us in the door and immediately handed us like an alcoholic pog juice mm-hmm. thing, which was great. It was really good. Um, so I know a lot of people are upset about this. And by the way, this is one website we read this on, but I've read this on multiple. It's being reported by multiple Disney uh, sites. So this is not just one place. Um, but, and then I've also seen people saying, well, wait, you can buy pog juice at Costco. And I'm like, yeah, you can buy pog juice at Costco, right? But Disney doesn't buy stuff at Costco. Disney needs a company that can supply <laughs> a, a ton of it, right? Yeah. Like that's, you know, so it, it may be the company that supplies it to Costco could start, can be their new supplier, but a company of Disney size, you know, they have supplier agreements. They, will need to find this new supplier and make sure that they can, in fact, supply them, right? So that might take some time. I, I tend to think that they will bring back Pog Juice. But, or some form of it. Yeah. Or some form of it, yeah. yeah. But right now, it's it seems like it's uh, going away a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, I, I liked it. I guess my most of the time when I got it was at, like, dessert parties. And, you know, it was, it was really good. It's good, yeah. But... Yeah, I guess for for me, I I'd never made this the focal point of what I was going for when I would yeah. go to Disney, right? Like that, yeah. like it's it's kind of low low on the tier list of my favorite snacks. So obviously, you know, go being at the top, but you know, you know, this is kind of like okay, yeah, they're not offering anymore. Well, eh, 
Like it's, it's just a, it's a drink. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, I, I, by the way, speaking of Dole Whip, I saw that they have watermelon, watermelon Dole Whip right now. And I Mm -hmm. like so badly wish I was there to try that. I would love to try that (laughs) anyway. Yeah. Um, So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, and like you said, you know, you know, just because it's going away now, like other things, because I remember like the, what was it? The, the, the cheese at Casey's for, I can't remember what, one of the things that had, uh, the, the, oh, yeah. the cheese dip that was gone for a bit at one point too. And they and found a new supplier. And exactly. Then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, yeah. you know, it may be gone for a little while, but you know, hopefully Disney finds someone who's willing to provide it and it'll come back. So. Yeah, that's always the hard thing here, right? Because then we've talked about this before, where it's like, well, why doesn't Disney just completely go to, you know, paper straws, right? Or, or, or the sugar cane straws or whatever. And it's like anything that they do, they have to make sure that that company can supply them an absurd amount of it, right? Yeah. Like, so it, even if there's a company that is doing it for Costco, like who knows how big that, that company is, right? Like maybe they can't supply the, thousands or millions of gallons of pog juice that disney needs a year to you know it's everything is on such a huge scale and yeah the interesting thing about costco is that you know per location um they like different stuff yeah yeah it's not that every costco has pog juice like it's it's in a particular area because they're working with a supplier in that area but yeah like you said you know it may be that some Costco's have them, but they may, they may not be able to do the volume that yeah, yeah. that Disney's asking for. So exactly. Uh, so this has been rumored for a long time uh, that that this is what would go uh, would happen at the Contemporary, but um, it has been announced now officially that Steakhouse Seventy One is mm-hmm. a new restaurant that will replace the Wave at Disney's Contemporary. Now there was um, there was some talk about this being an incredible theme. It seems like that's not happening. Uh, that's this is going to be Steakhouse 71. We don't know a lot of stuff about it, but it seems like it's going to be a little bit different because it's going to be a casual dining concept. So I don't think it's necessarily it's going to be Steakhouse, but it's going to be like kind of a more casual environment. It seems and right. I did think. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, yeah, I was going to say I think I think Disney's realizing you know there there's definitely some space for fine dining, but yep. You know, somewhere like the contemporary, especially, I think a lot of people are, you know, wanting something where they can go to the park and then show up there and not have to be, you know, dressed up for it necessarily. Like Exactly, because you know. <laughs> your other options are, you know, California Grill, and that's, you know, really nice. And, you know, yeah, yeah. so that's... I, it is nice to have kind of like a more casual dining concept there. So, I mean, more to come on that. They didn't give a ton of details. Um, but it is a little bit ironic that they closed Steakhouse 71 when it's kind of seems like it's inspired by the Steakhouse, what was it, 55 uh, yeah. at Disneyland, which they just closed. But, you know, <laughs> you know, the, the, this is this is a, a new version of it. Let's say that. But but yeah, I think there's a bigger plan going on at Disneyland for. Yeah. And why that's closed. And yeah, for, for anyone that's wondering, you know, the, the numbers are relevant. So 55 was the year that Disneyland opened. 71 was the year that Disney World opened. So, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so this other thing here I put on here, uh, that, uh, that Zach, uh, I forget what his, what's his full name? Zach Ridley, the, mm-hmm. uh, the Imagineer, he's constantly posting like cool projects that they're working on and he, posted uh some information about the points of light on spaceship earth and we got kind of our first look at it and man does this look cool <laughs> like right yeah. I, I don't know what your thought on it is but like just looking at the pictures of it and it just looks really 
really cool. It, like it, it reminds me of like um like net lighting that you would buy like for yeah 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 like wait what you would put over a or yeah if you put over a bush like around Christmas kind of thing. But yeah, the interesting thing I did I did see a little bit of video on this as well that yeah, you know the, the control they have over it is going to be it's awesome like it's yeah. um and I guess the the thing that or what it immediately reminded me of was um, the way that they cued uh, Mickey's fun wheel in California adventure to world of color. Um, I'm seeing exactly the same thing here. Like it's um, it, it's going to allow spaceship earth to be part of shows like, you know, yeah. obviously like harmonious and stuff like that. Um, it's yeah, it's really, like you said, it's really cool. And yeah, I've, I've already seen, Similar to that, but yeah, this is, I mean, Spaceship Earth is, I believe it's even bigger than Mickey's Fun Wheel, so. Yeah, yeah, probably, (laughs) yeah. But it's, it's, I saw somebody posted, uh, posted a video just that they took, that they saw that they were testing it. I guess they took it from one of the hotels or whatever, and they were testing it at night. Yeah. And just that, that little test video from far away at night, it just looks so cool. And it, cause it, it looks, it looks neat because you can just do like a point. Right, but it also looks like it can send colors out in a straight line to one of the other points, right? So like there's like all sorts of cool shapes they can make on this and shades that they can do. And um, you know, he says in his post uh that the installation's almost complete, that they have a pre-queuing system where they can visualize uh and program it. Uh and it and I guess in doing that, they're finding even s- some cool effects that they weren't even didn't even really know that they could do, you know, <laughs> like just by testing stuff out. Um, and, and it just, it, it just looks like it's going to be so neat to watch. Like, I, I feel like I'm just going to want to sit there and watch this for like hours, you know, it, it's basically, I mean, it's, it's a very low resolution circular TV screen is what it is. Yeah, pretty if, much. Yeah. Like <laughs> that way. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at it, it's it's going to be cool. I'm I'm just I can't wait to check it out. And that's that's a really cool thing I think they're doing for Epcot for the for the anniversary, so. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, like I said, I'm I'm fully I think uh I don't want to say this too loud because then everyone will figure it out is that, you know, immediately across the World Showcase Lagoon like over in Japan would probably be one of the best places to watch Harmonious from because then you would get that view of spaceship earth and i would expect that it's you know synchronized you think it's gonna be part of the show like you think it's gonna be included like it's gonna do I, stuff during the show yeah i think it will i'm yeah, yeah that'd be cool I'm, I'm thinking it will so so then it becomes you know the only problem with that is then yeah you, you're you're kind of like you know depending on which side of the lagoon you're on you you may want to actually think about that <laughs> i'm just thinking though too like because they can draw lines with these lights, they should be able to theoretically. They could write stuff on the on on the on the uh, on Spaceship Earth too. Like they oh, could totally, they could do lettering. I mean, they can do, you know, just cool waves of stuff. But I mean, they can spell stuff out if they want to. I'm also just thinking of, you know, I I always remember after after Illuminations was over, you know, that walk to the front gate where you'd have all the not just the lighting on the on the you know on actually usually they would have i feel like a laser writing of what the sponsor was right it was like illuminations brought to you by whoever uh and but i mean they they also had some other you know cool lighting and stuff on there and i'm just i like i'm just thinking of that walking out experience afterwards if you're if you're going in that direction just that kind of cool 
look that you're going to get at the end of the night. That kind of good night, like really cool wow thing. Like arrow is kind of pointing underneath of spaceship yeah, Earth, yeah. like kind of directing people out and stuff. Oh, that's like that. cool too. Yeah. There's so much cool stuff they can do with this. So, so, so I actually just remember, so, so something that they did with world of color, and I, I don't know if they still do it or not. They, they probably do, but there was a pre-show game. So uh, while you're waiting for world of color, there was a trivia game and whoever scored the highest, um, for about five minutes before the show, you actually got control of the lighting patterns on world of color from your phone. So oh, that's cool. you, you couldn't do like, like, I think there was only like 10 presets or something like that. But yeah, if you, if you won the mini game, you could play with the, uh, the pattern on, uh, on Mickey's fun wheel, um, before, oh, that's really cool before the show started. So think about that, you know, you know, you know, something interactive amazing. where then yeah. when you're done, you know, maybe you can like draw on spaceship earth or do, you know, yeah, do patterns or something like that. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, listen, we're like way late right now. So like we got uh, one more thing to not, talk we're about. We're not way late. We're we're about normal time, but we just <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah. That's, we we, we, we just talked a lot. Topic. We, <laughs> yeah. so we, and I, you know, I think everybody expected this to be a very long episode considering how much stuff happened this week. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I think people were expecting this and uh, you know, I think we've we've done a good job here. But the, I want to talk about this Project Exo thing um which Disney Imagineering uh, released uh, reveal details about essentially what they've done <laughs> is they have created these exoskeletons that people can wear that allow them to create gigantic characters in the park that you can interact with. So think incredible Hulk coming up to you as the incredible Hulk with a, you know, being able to walk up to you and, well, you know, move the, move his hands and move his facial expressions and, Okay. All, All right. I was going to say, cause I think we've already seen a, kind of a prototype of that in animal kingdom with the, um, with the, the exo suit the, from Pandora. Yeah. 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 The suit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we kind of have something close to that, but yeah, you're right. That this looks like the next, the next um, iteration of that, like yeah. the next. Yeah. Cause I'm sure they, I'm sure what you're talking about with those suits were like the mech suits were like, version one right like and this and then this is version two now of of where they're going with this and i mean they there's a video of this out on uh they put it out on tiktok actually of of like gigantic hands and gigantic feet yeah the 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 fingers moving i think is really cool like like the fact that that you they can actuate the individual fingers is yeah. gonna like that because usually like you know the the big bulky characters like i think of like wreck it ralph and yeah the hulk and stuff like that oh, yeah, it's ralph, like they've got yeah. like the big big foam hands right they can't really do anything yep and this will you know yeah th- this will allow them to be a little more interactive that way yeah and i guess the real innovation here is the ability to put somebody in a suit like that right and not have them have you know hundreds of pounds of stuff weighing on their shoulders that's that's yeah. apparently what the big thing is here yeah 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 it's it, i guess i've seen this too with with these exosuits where it's designed to you know redistribute the weight so that you know the person inside of it can move it but it you know the, the skeleton itself still still weighs a lot but it's it's designed that the weight is not sitting on the human being it's actually exactly. like supported from the frame itself yeah and i'm just i mean there's so many cool things they could do with this i mean they already have that full figured group character that you could meet right the at a disneyland that they've done before yeah um but 
I mean, how cool would it be if you could meet the Hulk or you could meet Thanos or, you know, because Thanos <laughs> is also kind of Hulk level huge, right? You know, or Wreck It Ralph, you know, like I don't know how many people would want to meet Thanos, but I would want to meet Thanos. Why not? You take pictures with Darth Vader at Disney World. Why wouldn't you want to take pictures with Thanos? Okay, fair enough. I don't know. I, <laughs> people well, want to meet guess, Kylo Ren. They I, want to meet Darth Vader. Yeah, right? I, so. I, I'm not a fan of like, or well, okay. So, you know, yeah, I met, I went to, you know, back to back, went to meet Kylo Ren and Chewbacca and Kylo Ren was not my favorite. <laughs> fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. And and it's worth noting, you can already meet Wreck-It Ralph, but I guess the thought here is that you could make him, you know, more, he's, make his... He's not yeah, so not much plastic to- toy and more like actual character. <laughs> exactly. Because the Wreck-It Ralph, you can meet it now. It's just, you know, he has just static hands and, you know, like he just... Yeah, it you this would be more interactive and more real and and I also like to believe that some of what they're doing here I I just at this point believe that everything that they're developing is somehow going to end up in the Star Wars hotel. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. So I I also look at this and I go, okay, Star Wars hotel. Yeah. Some characters are going to be gigantic characters that they'll be able to act through, you know, who knows? So I guess we'll have to see. But I, I just thought this was really neat, and I wanted to bring it up because the, there was a whole article in the New York Times about it uh, with, with Walt Disney Imagineering talking about this project. So, all right, I think that's it. Unless there's anything yeah. else you want to talk about, let's wrap this, no, I, this thing up. I, I think we've talked about a lot. So everything yeah. we've talked about everything. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, I guess let's, let's wrap it up here. Um, Damon did this for you last week, by the way. And it was, it was, it was interesting because he skipped half of it. So of course. Yeah. No, I <laughs> he's just like, who cares about YouTube? Who cares about Instagram? Like you just, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you know, we, as we keep saying, you know, we, we are going to get back to using those platforms more as like, it's, it's hard because there's not a ton of reason to use them right now because we're not going to the parks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, to start wrapping us up, uh, as usual, if you guys want to reach out to us, you can always find us at welcomehomepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Uh, you know, we, we get, uh, you know, we get great conversations in there from listeners. You guys ask us good questions. You share your own stories with us and your own experiences, which we greatly appreciate because, yes. uh, you know, we can't be there all the time. We can't be at Disney or, you know, other places that you guys like to travel and share about. So um, you know, always feel free to, to send us an email and to let us know your thoughts on the podcast or just, you know, travel and vacation stuff in general. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, if, uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can always find us as welcome home podcast on Facebook. And there is also the welcome home Disney waitlist Facebook group. If you guys want to join that, um, it's, it's full of lots of great listeners, lots of great conversation. Everyone's super respectful of one another. Um, it, it's probably the least drama Facebook group I've ever been a part of. So <laughs> we haven't banned anybody yet. We're still yeah. there. We're yeah, exactly. So, so, so yeah, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a good place to be. And, you know, as, as we mentioned, there is the YouTube channel, which is welcome home podcast and Instagram, which is welcome home picks. Uh, those are our main platforms when we do get to go to the parks and, you know, as we get back to more normal here and, you know, like, like Tom said, he's going to try and do an impromptu trip. Hopefully you'll be able to see more content on those platforms. So make sure you yeah. subscribe to them so you don't miss out on anything. And if you want a, uh, if you want some merchandise, you can find, uh, you can find mugs and t-shirts and stuff, uh, under on store.welcomehomepodcast.com. 
that's with the the Welcome Home Podcast logo. Uh, and if you want to join our Patreon, you can find us on patreon.com slash welcome home pod. Uh, that's a, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously a Patreon sign up. That is how to get access to the discord server that we've been talking about. So if you are on discord and you want to, uh, start chatting with us on there, that's a good way to, to get a hold of us. And there is also some exclusive, uh, merchandise on there with, uh, our, uh, we, we have a, a redesigned logo specifically for Patreon. So if you're interested in that, make sure you check it out. Last but not least, if uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes or Spotify, really any service that you can leave reviews, uh, please do so. Uh, I know Tom really uh, appreciates watching the uh, the overall ratings go up. So you know we've got a lot of really yeah. nice five star reviews lately. So I appreciate yeah. that. So you know, yeah, make sure you guys leave us a review, um, even if you you know you don't like everything we're saying. We do appreciate uh, constructive criticism. We do appreciate your guys' opinions. So. Uh, you know, make sure you guys leave us a review. Yeah, and uh, don't forget to subscribe to Welcome Home Podcast so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode. You can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, just about any place you can find podcasts. You can find us. Uh, just search for Welcome Home. Look for the one that says DVC. And by the way, if there is a podcast, is a place where you listen to podcasts and you can't find us, let me know and I will get us on there. Uh, just a reminder to our listeners, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company, and as such, any and all opinions we express on the show are our own, so please consult a Disney cast member or DVC representative for more information about anything we talked about today. Huge thank you to DVC Rental Store for sponsoring this episode, as always, and being a longtime supporter of the show. Please check them out if you're looking to rent out your points or looking to rent points. Uh, join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion. Of course, more DVC talk. We hope to see you all real soon. Albert Awal, the voice of the jungle, signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. Do a huddle when we hit a chair. How she can cuddle is no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl. Ooh.